0: Hello, welcome to God Day. I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and today I want to just share about eternity. I think it's good that we live our lives in the light of eternity, and what God has got stored up for us. And so we're going to go to Revelation chapter twenty-one and a little bit of Revelation twenty-two, the, the finale of the Bible, and. Uh, in Revelation 20, actually describes that this present heaven and earth is going to be destroyed. And there was no place found for it, so it passes out of existence. And then in chapter 21, verse 1, he says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. It's an interesting little statement there. But if you think about it, it doesn't mean there won't be any water. There'll be the river of life. I'm sure there'll be lakes. But the fact that there's no sea is a sign that there is no sin uh, on this new earth. Because the reason for three quarters of this planet being covered by sea is was Noah's flood, a judgment on sin. And also the sea acts like a big disinfectant because of all the toxic... Uh, waste that man produces over thousands of years, if it wasn't for the sea, um, I think life wouldn't be possible. So because of sin, we needed the sea. So there will be no more sea, that won't be necessary. Uh, All the space on the planet. But there'll be great water features, you know. Um, Then it says, Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God. I want you to notice the new Jerusalem Is there in the third heaven right now praise God Uh, you know it's talked about in other scriptures that's where the throne of God is but now in the eternal state the new Jerusalem will come down out of the third heaven God's heaven and it will come down onto the earth praise God and it says it's prepared as a bride adorned for her husband now you might think well the city is the bride actually the bride is 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 the, the redeemed the believers the, as it were uh, we know that from earlier in revelation and also in revelation twenty-two, seventeen, 17 it says the spirit and the bride say come so the bride is a person or a corporate person uh, all right so when we talk about a city for instance i come from oxford when i talk about oxford i'm talking yes about the classic buildings of oxford but I'm also primarily talking about the people of Oxford. The people and the city are, as it were, one. So when it says he looked at the city and he sees the bride, the bride is primarily the people of God, the bride of Christ. But she is united to this city, That's her everlasting home. So the new Jerusalem will be our everlasting home and you will have a home, a mansion in that glorious city because if you're part of the bride. And um, John uh, 14, Jesus promised that, didn't he? He said, in my father's house, that's heaven. You know, we pray our father in heaven. So the father's house is in heaven. It's the new Jerusalem. It's God dwells there. Uh, he says are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you praise God Jesus has prepared a place in the heavenly city for you You see right now on earth this isn't your real home you're just on a mission trip right now from heaven you're a citizen of heaven and uh, if you're born again and uh, you you know but eventually you're you're eternal home will be in the new Jerusalem. He says, I go and prepare a place for you. Uh, If I do that, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be there also. Praise God. He's coming for us. He's going to take us back to the new Jerusalem and we'll be with him forever there. Praise God. And this is what Abraham and the patriarchs believed in. Praise God. It says that he dwelt, as it were, uh, as as a stranger in a foreign land. Uh, it says in, in Hebrews 11, but he says, he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham's ultimate faith and hope were that he was waiting for God to do for him was this city of God. And it goes on and says, this is Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, and he says, God is not ashamed to call them their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city them so our ultimate hope is not in this life it is in our eternity in God's city praise God Hebrews 12 describes this city you have come to Mount Zion this city is compared to a mountain we'll talk about that later and to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem and who's in the city an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly of the, uh, and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Praise God, when you were born again, you were reg- your birth was registered in heaven because you are a citizen of heaven and that's your ultimate destination. It says to God, the judge of all, God lives in this city. To the spirits of just men made perfect, that is the Old Testament saints who were justified by faith, and at the resurrection of Christ they were born again, they were made perfect, and so Jesus took them into heaven. So they're right there in heaven right now as spirits. To Jesus, he lives there, praise God, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Jesus, when he ascended on high, he took his own blood into the heavenly holy of holies. That's at the peak place in the throne room, the holy of holies of this new Jerusalem. And his blood then established the eternal new covenant. Hallelujah. That gives us access to this heavenly city. Praise God. Back to Revelation 21, he says, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle the dwelling of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they will be his people that's God's ultimate purpose God and man one living together in fellowship God with man God in man God himself will be with them and be their God God will wipe away every tear from their eyes there'll be no more crying there'll be no more death no more sorrow or crying no more pain for the former things are passed away then he who sat on the throne said behold i make all things new hallelujah everything's going to be brand new it's going to be awesome and then he says right for these things are true and faithful and and he said to me christ said to him it is done it is accomplished What does that mean? When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for your eternal life and every blessing that you could possibly have for all eternity. He purchased a place in heaven for you and he purchased your eternity. It is accomplished already. It's as good as done. And we just got to enter into that enjoyment of it. Hallelujah. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He said, I've started your salvation, I'm gonna complete your salvation with eternal glory, hallelujah. And he says, I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He says, anyone can have salvation. Just come to him and receive as a free gift, the water of life. And then there's this great promise, comprehensive promise. He who overcomes, now you overcome by believing in Jesus Christ. You overcome your pride. You overcome the lies of the enemy by putting your trust in Jesus Christ, humbling yourself. He says, "If he who overcomes will inherit all things. Every promise of God, you'll have an inheritance of every good thing. Hallelujah. And the greatest promise of all is, I will be his God and he will be my son. You will possess the fullness of God. That's the ultimate promise. Hallelujah. And so then he gives a warning. He says, for you to enjoy eternity, you have to let Jesus save you from your sin, from your corruption, because we're all fallen creatures. And without Christ's salvation, we cannot possibly enter into the glories of heaven. He says in verse 7, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In other words, the second death means eternal death, eternal separation from God's goodness. You know, that is the destiny of those who reject Christ's salvation. Because he isn't saying, if you tell a lie, you're just going to go to hell. He doesn't say that. But there's always forgiveness for whatever sin we commit. But what he's saying, liars. In other words, those who have embraced sin as their lifestyle, they, those who embrace immorality of their, as their lifestyle, that is going to send them to hell. Because uh, when you receive the new birth, Uh, salvation, God changes you on the inside. You become a new creation. Now, we still have the old flesh that leads us into sin sometimes but the real you on the inside has been born again, has been made perfect through the grace of God. And therefore you are not by nature a hater or a liar or the other things that they describe. Okay. So though you may sin occasionally in that way you are acting against your true inner nature. But if you refuse to let Christ change you, then the corruption of sin just takes you over and you are by nature those things. And then you have to be thrown into God's waste bin. Well, verse nine, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me and said, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. This is, is the church is all believers throughout all eternity the redeemed. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And so he's going to show them the bride, and so he takes them to the home of the bride, which is the new Jerusalem. And this is also described as a very high mountain. We'll just see how high this mountain is in a bit. But it's a great city, it's an enormous city, it's a holy city, the holy Jerusalem. And that's the city descending out of heaven from God onto the new earth. And it is like this a massive diamond. It says in verse 11, it shone with the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone clear as crystal. Basically, just imagine one ginormous diamond all right, 1,500 miles in all directions. Uh, and it's transparent, there's no shadows in heaven. It's transparent and the glory of God is shining throughout it, radiating out of it. And um, it, it talks about have it has a wall um, and 12 angels at 12 gates and it's four square. It's um, got three gates on each side and the the names of the gates are according to the 12 tribes of Israel. There's lots of 12s. 12 is the number of governmental order. Everything is under divine authority. And and then it talks about the 12 foundations, uh, verse 14, which are named after the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And then in verse 15 and 16, it says that the city is laid out as a square, square base. Its length is as big as the width. And then the surprising thing is, is its height. It says it's 12,000 furlongs. Now that's about 1,400 miles. But the amazing thing it says, the length, breadth and height are equal. So this is a city that is 1400 miles high. That's what makes it different from our flat cities you know, uh, absolutely no comparison. Can you imagine a city going up 1,400 miles? When you fly in an aeroplane, that goes up five miles, maybe 10 at the most. Outer space is really 50 miles, all right? We're talking about a city that goes up 1,400 miles. (laughs) Can you imagine that? It It would go well above our atmosphere. And so, in other words, this is an awesome city. Praise God. And some people think it's a cube, um, but it's not because it says it's, it's like a high mountain. It's a mountain that goes up to a peak. Now the peak is the throne room of God. The throne is at the top of this mountain. That's the place of greatest glory. And later on we see that the river of life flows from the throne downhill to water every part of the city. So it's like a square-based mountain. And, and, and you can imagine the levels of the mountain. And I just imagine the glory gets stronger as you go towards the top where the throne room is. The whole thing is a temple of God. It's what the Bible refers to as the heavenly temple, which is the prototype for all the earthly temples of God. The heavenly temple has the Holy of Holies at the top and the rest is the holy place. And then that which is outside the city is the outer court. And um, when you study the Garden of Eden, you'll see how that is duplicated on, a, on an earthly level. Well, praise God, we've come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, and there is plenty of room for the billions of believers and the many multitudes of angels because it's an enormous city and it will be our home for all eternity, hallelujah. And so he measures the wall in verse 17, and it says the wall is of jasper, and I think that is diamond, it's made of diamonds. And the city was pure gold, like clear um, glass. So everything is transparent. Transparent streets of gold, that's your basic building material, your basic concrete is transparent gold. And then it describes the foundations, the 12 foundations, and they're all different beautiful colored stones. I don't have time to go through them one by one, but you know, there's golden green, there's aqua green, there's fiery red you know, and, and violets and all kinds of colors. And these stones are, are transparent. They're transparent. You can imagine the glory of God shining through these different uh, st- gemstones, as it were, it's just going to be glorious and um, it talks about the twelve gates being like twelve pearls hallelujah. each gate was one pearl and and you know that there's symbolism in the pearl because Jesus is the pearl of great price a, a pearl is found formed round an injury you see, and Christ was injured on the cross and by faith we attach ourselves to Christ through his injury on the cross and we become the pearl. And, and the, the gates are made of pearls is basically saying is you can only come into the city through the cross of Christ. Well, it would be a wonderful experience. The street of the city, it says, was pure gold like transparent glass. And then he says in verse 22, I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Now, there's no temple building in this city, first of all, because the whole thing is a, is a temple. A temple is a dwelling place of God. This is where God lives. And so the whole city is a temple, but he goes even beyond that. And he describes what the ultimate temple of God is. It's not the city, but it is the bride, Or Actually, he uses the word the lamb. We are the temple of the living God. God's eternal temple. All buildings are just a picture of God's ultimate temple. A temple has two things. It it is a building, and there is the God who lives in the building. Now, in this case, he says the temple is the Lord God Almighty. So what is the building? He says the lamb is the temple. Now, this is a bit strange. The lamb we know is Jesus Christ, but particularly... It's Jesus in his humanity that was offered as the Lamb of God. And when you, so in other words, it's Christ, but this includes you, praise God, because when you believe on Jesus Christ, you are put into Christ. You become part of Christ. He's the head, you're the body. So you are in the Lamb. So you become part of the temple of God, which is Christ. And you come in through the Lamb, through his blood through his sacrifice and when you trust in him you become a living stone within the great temple of God that is called the Lamb and that is the ultimate dwelling place of God is his redeemed people for all eternity and then it says the city has no need of the sun or moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminates it the Lamb is its light in other words. The church, the the redeemed people of God, joined together with Christ, we are the light. In other words, the glory of God shining out of us. We are that temple, which is called the lamb in here. We are the light source, because the glory of God will be shining out of us. It says the same thing in verse 24. The nations of those who are saved, that includes you, shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth, that's us, we will rule and reign with Christ. We bring their glory and their honor into it. So we will each bring our own glory into that city. And the glory shining out of us will be shining like stars. We'll be part of the light source of the city. Praise God. And, uh, but then it reminds in verse 27, there will be by no means anything enter into it. That defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. You can only come into the city through the Lamb, through trusting in His blood. You get written in the book of life and you enter in the city because you're cleansed of your sin. Those who hold on to their sin, who go their own way, they can't enter into the city because nothing will be allowed to corrupt that city, it will be a place of absolute perfect righteousness. And then the first few verses in chapter 22, he shows the, the Holy of Holies of this temple. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So there's the Father and the Son are seated on the throne at the top of this mountain. And it says, in the middle of the street, on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each yielding its fruit every month. And these, these leaves of the tree are for the health of the nations. And basically it's saying that time will continue throughout eternity. Only God is outside time. So there's a clock in, 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 in the New Jerusalem. It, it's the tree that bears fruit every month. So there will still be, however long you're you're there, there will always be things to look forward to in the future. Praise God. We will go from glory to glory. Hallelujah. And so what happens is there'll be streets throughout the New Jerusalem, golden streets. Wherever there's the street, the river will follow the street. And wherever the river is, there will also be these trees of life alongside the street. It's going to be just beautiful. It will be like a garden city. And uh, we'll be able to drink from the river and we'll be able to eat of the fruits. And each time you eat the fruit, you receive an impartation of joy, of strength, of life. Praise God. And, um, and so he, fu- he ends up in verse three to five by summarizing what it will be like for us for all eternity. He says, there'll be no more curse. Praise God. But the throne of God, because the curse is the absence of blessing. It's the absence of God's presence. So we will have the full measure of God's presence and blessing. The throne of God and the lamb will be in it. What that means is this is a city under authority. The sovereign authority of the Lord will be upon everything. We will live totally submitted to his authority. And then it says what we'll be doing. Number one, his servants will be serving him. Praise God. You will have work to do in eternity. All right. It won't be just a long holiday. Uh, You will have things to do. He will give you assignments and we will be serving our God for all eternity. Praise God. Then number two, they will see his face. We will have face to face fellowship with the Lord. Praise God. And thirdly, his name will be on their foreheads. That symbolises the fact that he will totally own and possess us, uh, but also that he will stamp his very nature on our beings. We will be like him. We will reflect his glory perfectly. His name will be upon us. There will be no night there. They will need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. We will have revelation and light, and we'll be filled with his presence. And finally it says, in, and they shall reign forever and ever. We will have authority in heaven. We'll have authority over the angels. We will reign. We will all has, have areas of authority that we rule over. And so the, even the picture of the mountain is symbolic in the Bible of kingdom authority. And, and this is under the authority of God and we will all have our positions and our responsibilities of authority and we will reign with him forever and ever. No wonder it says in Corinthians, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And I love Ephesians two seven. it says that in the ages to come, that's eternity, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God is gonna put on a show for all eternity, dazzling us with displays of his grace and his glory and his beauty and his wisdom that will continually excite us for all eternity. And so we, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've trusted in him, in him you have a wonderful future to look forward to, hallelujah. And, uh, but the Bible says also there's a warning for those who reject Jesus, who go their own way in pride, I'll do it my way, I don't need God's help, no thank you. Uh, and he says you will end up in the lake of fire because that's where you have cho- what you have chosen, to be a part That's really what it is, is to be separated from God's goodness, from his presence for all eternity, and you will face the consequences of embracing your sin, uh, and you will face that everlasting judgment. And so there's a choice, you see. Two final eternal destinies. The lake of fire, along with your Lord, Satan, or the new Jerusalem with your Lord, God. And you have to choose. You have this life. To make up your mind and time is running out and no decision is a decision actually to die without christ to die in your sins and be lost forever separated from god's goodness jesus says behold i stand at the door and i knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and dine with him and he with me he said he makes that offer open your heart Receive Jesus. Invite him to come into your heart. Receive him as your Lord and Saviour. And he promises he will come in and change you on the outside. Praise God. And and kick out that sin, as it were, that sin. And he will give you a new life and you will be with him forever. He's the one that's conquered sin and death and the grave. He's got the power to give you the victory for all eternity. Put your trust in Jesus. God bless you. Amen.